Hello, everybody, and welcome to An Air, the show where we take TV shows canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how we think they would have continued. I'm Ed, and with me today, returning, it's Mac. They tried to get me away. They said no more, but I barged my way in, and there's nothing you can do about it. Can I say, surprise, it's a Bateman, and will that deter you? Uh, yes. Every time. Goodbye. <laughs> well, it is the final week of Batemanuary, so... That's a Bateman! Is that a reference I don't know? That that, that was supposed to be That's a Moray? Oh! I love that show. Yeah. That show. Is there a show <laughs> called That's a Moray? I don't know. I was thinking like uh, Maury, like uh, like the oh. Jerry Springer show. <laughs> when you cheat on your girl, then you need to find out if she's on you from a Maury. When are you getting the Grammy? Um, Tomorrow? Is that, I don't know when the Grammys air. Is it a mail order? Mail order Grammy? Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a statue of my grandmother. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do they have do they have enough statue? Yeah. Well, it's not made of my grandmother. Oh shit. All right. But it's a statue of her likeness. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like I don't know if you watch Watchmen. It'll be like Watchmen. Uh but potential spoiler. <laughs> They're going to dig her up and put her in gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's why they called her a gold digger. That's a joke. She didn't do that. <laughs> uh so we watched a show called Chicago Sons. Uh, there's also another show. For some reason, Jason Bateman and David Krummeltz have a lot of failed TV shows. Do you think they knew each other? Well, yeah, they were both in this in this sitcom. Well, I, I mean, outside, outside <laughs> of the sitcom. Like, do you think they were just like living together and were like, hey, we should do something together. And then that failed. And they're like, you want to try again? And they they're just like, OK. And they turned off. Uh, whatever people did before Netflix and <laughs> and just made another pilot. I don't know. Maybe they like had like a bet going like, I bet you this one will get canceled. Nah, I'll get mine canceled before <laughs> yours does. Yeah, it's, it was a it was a contest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this was a mid-season show. It aired January 8th to July 2nd, 1997. It aired all 13 episodes, but it's a Bateman. And, you know, I had to throw it in there. Uh, has Jason Bateman as Harry, David Krummeltz as Billy, and D.W. Moffat as Mikey. <laughs> they were all E names. And they play brothers. Can, can we talk really quick about the youngest? Who was the youngest person played by? Oh, that was David Krummeltz. But yeah, so it's three brothers living in Chicago. And that is basically the premise of this show. They lean very hard into the, oh, we're in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a little too much, in my opinion. There, uh, it's like, unless you're in Chicago, it's kind of like, hey, uh, look at us, wow. Uh, but as, as mostly Massachusetts-based people, uh, I, a lot of the, what I thought was like in-jokes went over my head, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think a lot of shows really do that. Even like shows that take place in New York, the things they reference are pretty common knowledge about New York. Yeah, 
or even like Frasier, which is a Boston-based one. You never are like, oh, this takes place in Boston. It's kind of like a revelation way later that it's a Boston-based show. Mac, what the fuck did you just say to me? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't hurt me. Frasier is in Seattle. Cheers oh, is in Boston. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> and it dropped right on your foot, ironically. Oh, man. Everyone's going to know now. <laughs> Everyone's going to know that you're not a Frasier head. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a Frasier or a Cheers head, honestly. Man, what a failure of the American public school systems. That's true. Kids, this is why you don't go to high school. <laughs> we get an opening that's very cheesy, and it looks like they were trying to do what Friends did, but instead of at a fountain, they're at a ballpark, except the ballpark is green screened in in the background. Right. With whatever green screen technology they were able to afford at the time. Yeah, and they're just like eating hot dogs and squirting ketchup at the camera. It's weird. There's I'll I'll get into it a little bit later, but there's there's a lot of implications uh to uh, the actions that happen during this pilot. Yeah. So we start off, we see Harry, Jason Bateman, reading the newspaper. He squirts chocolate syrup in his mouth and then drinks some milk and swishes it around. He made chocolate milk in his mouth, uh, which I have done. It doesn't work too well, but that's besides the point. It's true. The doorbell rings. Billy, his brother, David Crumholtz, walks in and says, If that's the neighbor, tell him I have no idea how the satellite got hooked up to our cable. And if it's dad, I'm still in college and my professors think I'm a delight. There's a lot of writing in this pilot that reminds me of Juno. And and what I mean by that is the I'm so clever, look how clever I am right now type writing. Yeah, and it's very, like, fast. Yeah, I was actually having a hard time uh, here. I had to rewind a few times to kind of hear what they were saying. I don't know if it was just the they were going for, like, this fast th- thing or if I was, I just... I'm dumb. Usually one of the two. Yeah, and usually when a show goes for fast pace, it's so they can fit all their jokes in. There weren't a ton of jokes in this episode. No. So, it turns out there's a model at the door. And this part makes me realize how miscast David Crummels was for this. Because he looks like a toddler standing next to these two. I was like, oh, uh, Michael Bluth got got uh, another George Michael. Oh, it's him and his son. This is about his sons, Chicago's sons. And then he says at some point, hey, it's my brother. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, he's like a foot shorter than both uh, Harry and the model. And the model is like, oh, here's the pictures you asked for. Uh, I did some lingerie ones and then I did some sexy ones, which I'm pretty sure the lingerie kind of that's a venn diagram right there <laughs> pretty sure it's the same same thing right there yeah um then harry is just in awe he goes hi and then she closes the door he goes hi you know one of those moments he's so awestruck he can't speak uh he opens the pictures he's like wow these are amazing turns out that billy is her manager and his plan is to put billboards up just saying Gina and have her picture on them which um, isn't that what um 
that lady in California, Angeline, did? I think so. Uh, for sure, it worked on the room because Tommy Wiseau's picture was just above the L.A. traffic for a while. And you know how, how well that did with promoting his film. Oh, yeah. That gross picture of Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Surprise. They're all gross pictures if you take them of Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> da -da 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 -da. Bah. He says, oh, that's a genius idea. Mike shows up, their other brother, played by D.W. Moffat. Moffat, I don't know how to pronounce it. Not Definitely not the dude from Doctor Who. Right. He is like, oh, hey, Billy, how you doing? Got a job? Well, you tried. All in one second. It's supposed to set this up as like, oh, Billy's this kind of dropout. He schemes with all these. He, he's basically if Eddie from Ed, Ed, and Eddie grew up. Yeah, yeah, I definitely got that sense. He says, hey, can I stay with you and Lisa for a little bit? And Harry says, no, M Mikey, don't let him do that. He said that to me six months ago. And Mike reveals that he and Lisa are getting divorced. Mike does the same thing that Harry did with the chocolate milk, made it in his mouth. He says, well, you know, Lisa walked in, said, Mikey, we don't communicate. Well, that's why you broke up. No, she did that when I said, what'd you say? Classic <laughs> sitcom right there. Can we, can we, can I just rate this, this show right now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I give almost everything in the show. I, I would give a solid meh. Like there were honestly a few jokes that I, I laughed at, but it, it was, it was not a very inspired show. And the, the jokes that were had, I feel like I've seen before and better. Yeah. It feels like at least with Mikey, it was generic sitcom dad. That's what that character was. Yeah. Except he didn't have kids, but... Because his character is, oh, you know, I go home and watch Bassmasters on TV. Uh, my wife gets me a beer. Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's his whole character. Like, literally, he says those lines. Wife. Wife, bad. Man, good. Sport, love. She want therapy? Therapy not real. <laughs> Again, something that actually happens later in the episode. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of uh, OK Boomer stuff going on. Yeah. So Harry says, you know, you guys will figure it out. Two, three days tops. Right, Billy? Billy says, well, I don't know. I can't see into the future. Maybe they will. Maybe they. And then Harry slaps him upside, upside the head. And he says, yeah, two, three days tops. Corporal punishment. Always. <laughs> this is a pre 9-11 world right here. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh Mikey says, oh, Lindsay pro or Lisa probably knows I'm here already. She thinks that the three of us are just three bodies sharing one brain. Well, where'd she get that idea? They all sit down, pick up a cup, cross one leg over, and take a sip at the same time. And I'm looking at the uh, background right now, and there's a, uh, there's a big old ship model in the background, which raises a few questions that we might get into. Maybe later. In the episode pitches, we find out in the next scene that Harry is an architect and he's calling Mike to check in on him. And he says, no, I'm not accusing you of being sensitive. I just thought, you know, you and Lisa broke up. You might be distraught. No, that doesn't mean sensitive. You know, this whole like, oh, he's manly. He can't say he can't be sensitive or show emotion. You know, playing into that whole 1960s sitcom dad. Uh, he says, oh, well, you know, anyway, I'm here for you for anything you need. And then Lindsay walks in, who is 
a co-worker of Harry's and also the girl that Harry has a crush on. He immediately says, okay, goodbye, hangs up. She's pretty cute, honestly. She kind of reminds me of, um, speaking of Friends, because this is post-Friends, who's, who's I unfortunately haven't watched all of Friends. Who's the black-haired girl in um in Friends? Oh, you're thinking of Monica. Yeah, she's a little Monica-y going on. She is. Uh, she's actually a decent actress for a sitcom. Yeah. Like, she has, she has the comedic timing when it comes to actually doing comedy, which this show doesn't do much of, but... She comes over and says, hey, I need your expertise on these building plans. You know, I made it look great, but closing a door will knock the whole thing down. And he says, okay, I'll take a look. Oh, wow, this is terrible. (laughs) Women can't architect well. (laughs) I think a caveman did write this show. You you just nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, oh, well, you know, can you help me figure it out? Oh, I guess I'm the structure guy now. No, upstairs, we call you Mr. Sturdy Man. (laughs) I missed that joke. (laughs) (laughs) He says, okay, I can help you with this. When's it due? Uh, It's due tomorrow. Oh, man, I don't don't think I can do this in one day. That'll take me like 14 hours. She goes, oh, you're right. I've just been burying myself in work since I got broken up with. Oh, you know what? Actually, I'll take a look at this. So this this comes to my next thing about this, this pilot. It is... Probably one of the most sexually charged 90s sitcoms I've ever seen. <laughs> Almost the every single scene has to deal with women, wanting women, getting sex, the whole gambit. So these were, I'm just going to put this out there. This episode is being recorded after I recorded an episode about a show called Wild Oats. That's actually going to be the next episode that goes up. That is a show. That is the most sexually charged show I've seen. <laughs> was that also Jason Bateman? No, it was Paul Rudd. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is, yeah. If you watch it, you'll immediately see like, oh my God, he was right. <laughs> I'm excited to listen. Harry comes home, says to Billy, what do George Clooney, Antonio Banderas, and Harry Kolchak have in common? Ah, uh, they'll never win an Oscar? No, women want them. This is a line that I talk. I was talking with Mac a little bit before we started recording, and we went down a deep rabbit hole of George Clooney. <laughs> um, we this this joke did not end up aging well because I think at this time was when he was on ER, and I guess he wasn't taken very seriously as an actor at the time. But here in 2020, we we know this man's a good actor, and he he has won Oscars. Yeah. He- he won uh he won two one for uh best supporting actor and then uh he produced Argo which won best picture so he's and then he he was nominated for most floaty most uh floaty boy in 2013 um but he did end up losing out to the boy in the dreamworks logo so <laughs> it was unfortunate and then uh and then the kid from up then the kid from up he came back for a cameo in Gravity. <laughs> he usurped it from him. <laughs> so he goes, oh, you know, I got to figure out what to do. Mike walks in and they have a conversation saying, well, I need to do a bold maneuver, I guess. And Mike says, no, you, you got to do nothing. This is, what I, this is what I do. Do nothing. Let the women come to you. And he goes, no, I think I'll just invite her to the roof to watch a Cubs game. 
there was a joke in this where he basically says like oh don't put the cart the cart before the horse here like the time you shaved down before the swim meet and then found out you never made the team which is actually pretty clever i, I i'm okay with that joke yeah I, that one i did appreciate so he goes to see uh harry goes to see lisa to try and get mikey and lisa back together he and billy agreed on this because mikey goes oh you know what i'm gonna go shave and they have a little discussion saying do you think we should uh do you think we should get him and lisa back together so he's not staying here he he can't really take care of himself on his own and then mikey walks out of the door he walked into and says i should probably go to the bathroom for that again another joke i thought was okay <laughs> so harry's at lisa's house he's saying like right now Imagine I'm your estranged husband. Forgive me. Don't make me stay with Harry anymore. And she says, you know, I already told him the only way I'll take him back is if he tries to go to couples counseling and we figure this all out. And he says, no way. He goes, well, now you're not Mike, my husband. Now you're Harry. He goes, no, now I'm every guy. Again, this whole macho 90s can't show feelings, (laughs) can't go to therapy thing. So he sits down. She turns the TV on, puts on Bassmaster's. And apparently they all like Bassmasters because he's just mesmerized by it. And she says, Harry, can I get you some chocolate milk? Harry? And that's also another trait that I think they tried to give each of these characters is they love chocolate milk. Yeah. And they love Bassmasters. Is that like a big thing in Chicago? Do you know? I think maybe it's like maybe fishing because they have the lakes up there. But I guess so. I, I would be a fool to speculate. Because I would be like, but the water's running. The fish won't be there. Uh, I think it's just like a Midwest thing in general. Uh, so we go back to Harry's office. Lindsay goes and says, hey, I think I found a way to repay you for helping with my project. Sex in the building across the street. He clears off his desk, says, why not right here? She pulls out binoculars and he goes, oh, you mean that? So they go and watch. They spy on a couple that's having sex in the building across the street. Uh, he makes a joke after saying, well, now do you want to smoke or snuggle? Yeah. And she says, well, Derek tried that. Uh, tried to do both once and set my hair on fire. Even before that, there's... there's uh, Jason Bateman Jay, is pretty much Jason Bateman in this. He, he doesn't have too much range in this pilot. But he kind of has... He kind of misses on a joke during that where while they're looking through the binoculars, he tries to put his hand around her, like hover hands, and then awkwardly brings it back and even like the the studio audience that's supposed to tell you how you're supposed to feel was like didn't know what to think yeah i didn't even write that down because i felt uncomfortable just watching it (laughs) (laughs) she goes yeah man ever since i've been single creeps and psychos come after me and he goes oh maybe i shouldn't like ask her out and he just invites her to the cubs game on top of the roof and she goes oh thanks every girl deserves a friend like you and cuts to a bar named Murphy's. After he he slams his head on the desk and it's like, wah, wah. Yep. Uh, he's at the bar playing pool with his brothers. And he's recounting the tale saying, yeah, uh, I invited her to, uh, to watch a Cubs game on the roof. Billy pulls out money and hands it to Mikey, implying they had a bet. Uh, says, what did he say? He said something like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna, you know, ask her out right away. And then he hands him another 20. And then he says, please tell me she didn't use the phrase. I'm lucky to have a friend like you. 
Uh, she did. Then he pulls out another 20, gives it to Mike. I like th- there's a few callbacks to this joke that I think are actually set up pretty well. Yeah, there's a few things in this that are, you know, executed somewhat decently. But overall, it's just, I don't know, maybe it was the writing. Maybe it was a little bit the acting, but something just did not jive with me on this. Yeah. Mikey goes over, says, I guess I'm getting drinks now because he's got the money. And the bartender gives her his number, gives him her number. And he says, sorry, I'm married. And she goes, oh, if you're sorry you're married, then definitely call me. This is such a male fantasy and such a male wrote this type scenario <laughs> that happened. 100%. This is like a guy that sits in his uh, quote unquote man cave and watches sports every Sunday. <laughs> like that's who wrote this. It's uh, It's pretty out of touch. Yeah. Harry confronts Mike and uses a sports metaphor to try and get uh, through to him to get him to go to couples therapy. He mentions a couple other Chicago teams. He says the Bulls. I think he brings up the Cubs again. Again, very Chicago-centric show. And they make you know that. Uh, he gets Mikey gets pissed that Harry went to see Lisa and gets pissed that they suggested therapy. And he walks out. We cut to the rooftop party. Billy brought Gina, the model. And this one guy keeps trying to hit on her. And his buddy, like, elbows him. And he's like, oh, but I'm married. There is a somewhat decent joke where Billy says, yeah, uh, Oprah saw the billboards and now she's interested. Again, another Chicago call out right there. And she goes, yeah, I was so surprised. I loved him on Andy Griffith. I think he's directing now. (laughs) Jesus. Because she thought it was Opie. Women dumb. (laughs) But here's the thing. She actually does stick up for herself, which I did like. Yeah. Because the guy that keeps hitting on her, she goes, uh, you know, I I have a boyfriend already and he treats me well. And also I have more self-worth than to get with a guy like you. And she walks away. And then they immediately cut that down because the guy goes, oh, she must be a lesbian then. Dude, that I think out of out of all the uh, out of touch moments, that was the one I kind of I cringed at. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, that was that character in general is just big time. That is this is this supposed to be endearing? I know, right? It's just uh. so (laughs) Lindsay shows up. But guess what? She brought her ex-boyfriend, Derek. They got back together. And Harry says the phrase, excuse momento. I like that phrase. I would hope that that would be his catchphrase. I, um, we're not doing that segment this episode, but because that would be it. Excuse momento. That's that's actually a really funny line. I also like the moment leading up to it where he says, uh, what's the worst possible thing that could happen right now? Yeah. And then his brother Billy says uh, she shows up with her ex-boyfriend. Yep. And then he goes over. Uh says something else. Fuck. I forget what it was, but there was another one of those moments. And he says like, damn, I should start listening to you more. Yeah. I, I think I think it was along the lines of, uh, hey, you know, we, we got together and uh, what's better what's better than sex? Makeup sex. Oh, I f- yep. Yeah. She, uh, she says, yeah, thanks to you, we got back together because if I, I was here working on that project you helped me with, then... I wouldn't have got home in time to see Derek and he wouldn't apologize. And well, then we got back together and Derek goes, 
Yeah, and the makeup sex is great. Am I right? Goes for the high five. <laughs> goes for the high five. And then he goes back to Billy and says, what's the second worst thing that could happen? Uh, they talk about makeup sex in front of you. Damn, I should listen to you more. <laughs> uh, then he says, how mad do you think on a family, our family scale is Mikey right now? Well, remember how mad dad was when Mike Ditka left the Cubs? Ooh, he's Ditka mad? Again, another Chicago call-out. Yeah, that went right, right over my head. Yeah. Um, Mike shows up, immediately goes, sits on the ledge, and says, Lisa might not take me back. And then Harry says, okay, well, back up a little. Lisa might not take me back. No, 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 I mean from the ledge. Yeah, he... Which I thought that was a good one. It was good. It, it's the the suicide joke thing is is something I feel I've seen a lot, though. Yeah, I just think the wordplay of back up a little and he just repeats what he said. Yeah, yeah. That was the part I liked. I wasn't so keen on the whole like, oh, he's so he's going to jump. Yeah, girl can't have girl kill self. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they all sit on the ledge together. They have a heart to heart. And he's saying like, oh, I don't know what to do about therapy. It's not my thing. And Harry says, just do whatever it takes. And he goes, okay, you know what? You're right. They agree. And Mike says, you know what? You need to talk to Lindsay and be bold. So he goes to Lindsay, says, you know, that's not, this isn't how I planned tonight to be. I didn't plan on your ex coming. And I also plan to kiss you right there, which is a very creepy thing to say. Yeah. And her response uh, doesn't, doesn't really uh, persuade him to not do that. <laughs> yeah, she says, well, that would be pretty confusing for me. And he goes, here, hold these sodas for a second. And then he kisses her, and she comedically ju- dumps out the soda. Yeah, it's it's like a very long, tongue-filled kiss. There was a moan in there. Yeah, and then she goes, yeah, no, that definitely would have confused me. And then Derek shows up right behind them. He goes, hey, uh, what's going on here? He punches Harry, and she says, when did you start punching? He goes, well, right about now. And he goes, she goes, we have to talk. Let's go. And then Mike goes, hey, take this card. It's a couple counselor. She's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're very close to the stadium because a uh, foul ball goes out, and Harry catches it. And goes, oh, this is the greatest night ever. And then immediately accidentally drops it over the ledge. Yeah. At, at, at some point during that, uh, the brother also tries to stick up for for the brother after he gets punched. He says, "You, there's two ways off of this, uh, off the through the stairs. And then he doesn't finish it. And then the little brother's kind of like, what's the other way? Yeah, he goes, oh, I thought it was just the stairs. <laughs> Jeez. Um, then we cut to you inside the apartment. Uh, apparently, Harry had left early from the game, and he's dancing with a basketball. And they both look at each other and say, white boy. Because <laughs> he's dancing. Very dad-like. I want to gif it. I'm looking at it right now, and I just I just want to <laughs> make it my Skype profile. Hop, hop on giffy. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just like, oh, well, are you going to do anything to try and, you know, get back with Lindsay. And he goes, I'm I'm just not going to do anything. I got to do nothing in life. And Mike goes, you're in denial. Therapy works. 
And then they all have this weird moment where they all link hands and do the wave, and then they knock Billy over. Well, they, like, slam him down at the end of the wave. I, I don't quite... It, it's never shown that the the older brother has some sort of superhuman strength or anything like that, or that the little brother is particularly weak. It just is. It just kind of happens. He throws him onto the ground. And we didn't watch episode two. I don't know if he got back up. <laughs> <laughs> he could have just been done voiceover from that point on. Yeah, that's my first pitch. Is he? Uh, he just <laughs> is a paraplegic for the rest of the show. <laughs> Uh, We're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be right back with some pitches. Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. (laughs) And that's my best friend, Richie the WizKid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi, diddly ho there, podcasterinos. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving The Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every do. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid, sexy, best darn diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So, Mac, had this show gone on, what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen? So... My first thought was, this is obviously a world where chocolate milk doesn't exist. Because they keep <laughs> they keep putting the syrup, the chocolate syrup and the milk in the mouth and swishing it around. So at some point, uh, along this entrepreneur uh, angle that the little brother is going through, he invents chocolate milk and m- they become instant millionaires. Oh my god. <laughs> That could definitely be one of his business schemes. Right. (laughs) They film a commercial like, are you tired of having to make chocolate milk in your mouth? I know I am. So, so I think, I think he, uh, and he like uses the models to try to, uh, to like be, to, to promote this new thing. He becomes a representative for bigger and bigger, uh, actors until they get to someone who, who might be might plummet their pr the the mod the back then equivalent of uh now kevin spacey or something like that what if (laughs) eventually he rises up to be george clooney's agent yeah there you go (laughs) (laughs) but at the end clooney fires him right before he's about to accept an oscar and goes i heard what you said in episode one (laughs) (laughs) that'd be good now I want to try out a new segment. It's called, Who's Their Daddy? Who do you think would be a good guest star to play their father? Now, I think it does have to be someone Chicago-based. Oh, jeez, you're really limiting me. Because before you said the Chicago thing, I would just say Jeffrey Tambor and just have him back (laughs) in In a uh, pre-arrested development world. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) See, I was thinking, I looked this up, Harrison Ford... Okay. Did Harrison Ford do any TV? I don't think he did, honestly. But he is a Chicago boy. Hmm. So uh, when I look up Chicago actors, the first thing that comes up is R. Kelly. So maybe R. Kelly is the dad. Oh, oh, maybe not. See, I was thinking, <laughs> Bernie Mac, I know, is from Chicago. So I was thinking, 
it would be pretty funny if Bernie Mac was their dad and they just never addressed it. <laughs> that would actually be pretty funny. They they do, and it would be equally funny because they do put race into this pilot by calling him a white boy for his dancing. That's true. Um, so it'd be on brand. I do think at some point Bill Murray has to show up. Oh, absolutely. As like the estranged uncle. Or maybe, so I was thinking maybe they go to a Second City show and they call up, maybe they call up Mikey to be part of a a sketch. And they're surprised because Mikey actually makes everybody laugh. And Billy's like, oh man, he's going to be a star. I got to, got to jump on this. But guess who was in the audience? Bill Murray. But Bill Murray, as we all know, he's on that comedic kind of prank shit where he'll just show up to parties unannounced that he doesn't know anybody or like he'll steal people's french fries and say no one will ever believe you uh the modern bill murray the 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 meta bill murray yeah the beginning of that so maybe he's just kind of like in the background of every shot kind of like how when they say beetlejuice it throughout community and then the third one he actually appears Exactly, and like how Abed was delivering a baby, that whole B story right. in the background. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I like stuff like that. Arrested Development is like the king, speaking of Arrested Development, the king of like those background stuff, stuff that you just got to keep watching it and pay attention. I know How I Met Your Mother did that with Conan. Conan was in an episode where he's just in the background talking. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's just like an extra. That's bizarre. Yeah, and then, like, maybe the post credit stinger. They could be like, you guys notice Bill Murray's been following us around this whole week, right? They're like, oh, yeah, I just didn't say anything. I'm a little scared, to be honest. Hmm. I was going to say, I have I have one more pitch. I didn't know if you mm-hmm. want me to pitch it for you yet. Yeah, go for it. Um. All right, so this kind of combines two ideas. So first of all, Jason Bateman says, okay, fine, I'll go to counseling. Because I don't think, does he ever go to counseling or implies he went to the actual counseling session in the pilot? Uh, that was actually his brother that was supposed to go to counseling. It wasn't Jason Bateman? I thought, I thought. No, they have very similar hair. <laughs> and I think, I think you have face blindness. I, I, I'm sorry to tell you. That's okay. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal and Tobey Maguire are the same person, right? Yeah, no, that's why they tried to replace Tobey Maguire with Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> um, yeah, so he he decides to go to the counseling. He keeps missing it because at the exact same time there's an alien invasion. <laughs> and they have to they have to defeat them with giant mechs. However, two or two to three people have to be in the mechs at once in order to make them go, and they have to be completely synced. So they find out that these three brothers are completely in sync <laughs> based on their leg movements and decide to to fight. So he can't go to the counseling session. <laughs> hey, hey, Mac. Yeah. Can we make this into a movie? Oh, my God. Yeah. What, what do you want to call it? I don't know. Um, I think it needs to take place near an ocean. Maybe the Pacific. I I have I have an idea. So you you know how when they're on the roof, they're on the ridge, of the the rim of the uh of the stadium where the where the Cubs play. You're thinking that's gonna be their little robot, is the roof. 
that's where they control it from. Right, on the so rim. So they're controlling it at the Pacific from the rim of the roof. Right, there so you go. So Pacific roof. <laughs> I like it, Pacific roof, let's do it. All right, I'll bet. here's 200 million. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm just going to put that in my pocket, and... Later, sucker. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think that definitely could be like a recurring thing is he keeps missing therapy. Like maybe maybe one of the episodes is they get like courtside seats to a Bulls game. And he's trying to argue like, I, I can't go to therapy. I have these this once in a lifetime opportunity. And he goes courtside. And this is when we get another cameo. We get Michael, or not Michael Jackson. Whoops, Michael Jordan. Those are two different people. Um, <laughs> to some people. Michael Michael Jordan is courtside. Like, uh, he's like just dribbling the ball. And he goes, hey, man, what's got you down <laughs> in the middle of the basketball game? <laughs> just stops the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> goes, time out, everybody. Time out. <laughs> uh, he goes, oh, you know. I had to be here, but it's at the expense of my marriage. And he goes, hey, man, marriage would be a slam dunk. So get out of here and go to that therapy session. And then Bugs Bunny goes, yeah, what he said. Yeah, he's on courtside. (laughs) And this was all viral marketing for Space Jam. And welcome to the jam. We are the Suns. We're Chicago Suns. (laughs) Was was Michael Jordan? Because he was. What were the two teams he played for? He played for. He was the Bulls, and he played for the White Sox when he did baseball. He only played for the Bulls in basketball. I think so. That was definitely his most prominent. If he'd played for another. The Chicago Bulls. I didn't realize he was Chicago based. Yeah, get him in there. Make him the dad. <laughs> He and Bernie Mac are their fathers. <laughs> my two fa- fathers. My two fathers. <laughs> but here's the thing. They were conceived naturally. Through the power of whatever Danny DeVito and and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was about to say just like their pitch for the twin sequel where Eddie Murphy would have been the triplet. Right. <laughs> Now, I just realized this show definitely has a similarity to How I Met Your Mother. I mean, Harry is an architect. That's true. And he has, there's a bunch of womanizers all around this entire uh, uh, show, cast characters. Yeah, because the little brother's like the marshal, because he's supposed to be like this whole, like, kind of wimpy dude. Then the brother's like Barney, because he just gets a phone number without even asking. Did this... Is this the proto How I Met Your Mother? I'm going to I'm going to put you on pause right there and just point out that Michael Jordan is 66 and weighs the same as me. So, if you get a little <laughs> bit taller, you could be playing some ball, man. All right, I'm on it. <laughs> man, do you think maybe he could also be a recurring character? Except every time they see him, they're like betting on a game, and Michael Jordan is losing every penny he's ever earned. 
and he goes, man, now I got to go do a Hanes commercial again. That'd be kind of fun where where that betting motif that they introduce in the pilot goes to other places and gets increasingly more and more risky in their betting ventures until everyone has a gambling problem. <laughs> I mean, Michael Jordan already had one, so he's already ahead of the game. Hey. <laughs> now, how do you think this series would have ended? I think they would sit down uh, next to their three fathers, Eddie Murphy, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan, Bernie Mac, did I say three? I meant four, and R. Kelly. And- oh, God. <laughs> now, do you think they all had the same... So, they have the same mother. It's just each of them has a different father. That's how they're related. <laughs> right, and there's four fathers. <laughs> uh... Oh, and here's the thing. They all they all reveal that they, they're each having a kid. Oh, so there's going to be more sons. Exactly. They go, huh? Well, you guys are going to have some Chicago sons. Yeah, Q Seinfeld Wubba-Dumps. Yep. The most versatile track of all time. That's what's going to happen when they open my casket at the wake. Are you having an open casket? Yeah, it's in my will. It's going to open up and go... And, the, and, and no one will hear it because no one went <laughs> yeah and it's gonna be spring loaded so whoever catches me they inherit my money i'm gonna be like the bouquet at a wedding there you go i'll die next <laughs> except everybody's dodging it <laughs> oh god fuck yeah but you have a jetpack on your back so you you, <laughs> you bullet for the <laughs> for the nearest person in your path it's a shame that funeral home burned down after that wake. <laughs> uh, you're like the Hunter S. Thompson who uh, got shot out of the cannon. <laughs> uh, I think there should be a funeral episode. Absolutely. I think I think one of the women in this show should die because it's not misogynistic enough. So this is the <laughs> only way where they're going to be able to show emotions and learn how to express themselves. See, I was thinking maybe... Bernie Mac is their dad. Bernie Mac died in real life. We get like a situation like uh, Eight Simple Rules where John Ritter died. So this is them like writing around it. And that's when they bring in Harrison Ford. Or no, this one they bring in Bill Murray as the wacky uncle to replace uh, Bernie Mac. See, I was thinking it would be like a Dr. Parnassus situation where a different actor would play the same character <laughs> each episode. <laughs> and it would just become a celebrity guest spot. <laughs> they they bury him for the funeral then they hear knocking and i go wait a minute he's still alive dig him up <laughs> but when he comes out he's it, a little different it's gary coleman <laughs> man you guys squished me down in there that pressure from the dirt just kind of <laughs> what you talking about what, what was the phrase you wanted was... Excuse memento. What you talking about? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about, sons? <laughs> so I think that's going to do that for this episode. Thank you for coming on again, Mac, for this historic second annual Bait Manuary. 
Is this really the second annual? Yeah. He's done that many pilots? I'm not going to lie. Uh, I <laughs> So the episode that's coming out in two weeks, I recorded right before. It was the beginning of January. And I was like, okay, this is going to be the next episode. And then I'm sitting down and I go, oh, fuck, it's January. That means I got to do Bateman pilots again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is the fifth one that we've recorded. Uh, the show started off with a Bateman pilot. Oh, boy. Well, I, I think I I haven't seen the other pilots, but I, I mean, I guess I guess because Jason Bateman. Here's the thing. Jason Bateman is very talented, but he does a very particular character and he didn't really find a, a venue for that particular character until way later. And you can see when he's miscast in situations like this. Yeah, because he essentially was adult Michael Sarah. Yeah. He was this like anxious, kind of nervous guy. Poor Bateman. Hopefully, hopefully he gets uh, some role. Maybe in 2003. And then it's unceremoniously ended in 2005. And then it's come up in, on some streaming thing. And it's weird and disjointed because everybody had different schedules at the time. But it's okay because he was in Hancock with his other dad, Will Smith. Oh, God, I forgot he was in Hancock. Mac, I'm mad at you. You made me remember Hancock exists. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks for coming on, though. No problem. Uh, If people want to find your stuff, where would they find it? Uh, On Twitter, I am Capen Creative, C-A-P-E-N Creative. How do you, how do you spell creative? I had never learned to spell. K. Great. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. If. Yeah. Thanks again for coming on. It was fun to have you on again. Yeah. And if you want to check out our social media and whatnot, it is at Unheard Podcast on pretty much everything. Uh, And remember, some things are better left unaired. Bye.